Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. All right, we're moving into part two of decisions, and this is the meat of the matter. So get your uh, audio note or however you're going to take notes on this message, because you not only, well, with this, it's not no big deal because Monday gets thrown up on YouTube. So I guess you really don't have to worry about spending a lot of time doing this. Pay attention. And then if you miss something, it'll be up so you can get on YouTube and watch it. And I'm hoping that that's what you all are doing. I know there's quite a few people that are watching the YouTube, but hopefully you are as well. Um, because you're not getting every single thing on today's message. You just don't. There might be something that hits you that's impacting you that your mind and you are going to spend a little bit of time on, even though I don't stop and go, okay, I'll wait for you. Tell me when you're ready. No, I continue. And what happens is you're focused in on what's impacting your life. And that's a good thing. I'm not saying negative. That's a good thing that there's other points that are going to be just as beneficial, but you're not, you're not getting them because you're getting ministered to or you're making adjustments, right? Is that what we do? We adjust and repair. All right. So y'all ready to grow or are y'all ready to go? Same thing. Amen. So decisions, and that is the act of what we do in the process of, of, how we live lives, we make choices. And we understand that even though we don't think about it, we understand that we're always deciding, we're making decisions all the time. And uh, it, you know, it's been researched that uh, an average person makes 2,000 decisions in one hour. And I'm telling you, you might look at that and go, no, that's crazy. It's actually not crazy because your mind is a decision is something big, but a decision is a decision. You know, you can sit there and go, you know what? I think I'm going to go to the yellow light. No, I'm not going to stay at the right light. I'm going to wait till it turns to green. Now I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little faster. You're already making five, six decisions just driving in a few seconds. Do you understand now what I mean? In other words, you're always making decisions and those consequences to those decisions are what we're enjoying today. So you could have been going, ah, it's green, it's green. Okay, it's gonna get, oh, I just turned yellow, but I can make it. If I speed up, I'll make it. And, and oh, I better not slow down. No, I'm gonna go for it. And then it turns red and oh man. And then you go through and you're like going, ha, looking in back here, looking all over the place, looking for any lights. No lights, boom, sweet. I'm reading someone's life right now. Now what happens to that? that, that that's decisions. Now, it could have been that there could have been, you know, uh, Mr. Policeman in a place where you didn't see him. But you're making all those decisions, and then all of a sudden you shoot through that light, and you're like going, ah. And then all of a sudden, whoop, right behind you. Now what do you do? Rejoice? Get excited? No, your stomach just went, Boom. Why? Decisions. Now you're deciding, should I pull over here? Should I wait a little bit? Should I turn on the next street? When should I pull over? Decision, 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 decision. So we're always making decisions. Now, again, those are a lot of small ones in normal activity of life. Should I eat at 12 or 1130 today? 
Well, it's past 1130. Well, maybe I'll give it another five minutes, get closer to 12. Decisions, decisions, decisions. So do you see what I'm saying? You make them all the time. But then there's those decisions that affect life, affect health, affect relationships. Now, I don't believe that the decision of what color you were going to wear today is going to affect your life at all. Unless, you know, maybe your husband or whatever hates that color, then you're affecting it a little bit. But the point is, is we're doing things in life based upon the choices we make. And in those choices, there's, there's, there's consequences. Some are no big deal, but some are a big deal. You know, you can make a choice that, um, you know, it seems like it's going to be cool out. I'll wear short sleeve. You get outside and it's a little warm. It, 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 it's colder. And you can go, ah, I should have brought a sweater. And, and again, these things are affecting you, but not in a, a major way. But it's something to understand because that's who you are. You're a choice maker. And you are created to make choices all the time. That's free will. That's why God created you this way. And in that, you're realizing, and I want you to realize, and I want you to pay attention. I want all of you on live stream to pay attention because what happens is, is I don't think we think about this. I know we don't. So we go through life consistently making choices, but we're not really realizing that these choices can add up or these choices being made can have a negative effect or they can have a positive effect. It's the choice you're going to do. It's what you're going to do. What are you going to choose? Again, we listened to last Sunday. Last Sunday was is you're living yesterday's choices. Whatever you're dealing with right now. Some of you might be in a position where you're like going, I don't like my life right now. It's not because it just happened. It's because choices created this path. Are you guys following me? Now, the sad thing is this. We automatically do, ouch, oh, is me. So what we do is reflect on my bad, oh, my gosh, and we go into self-pity mode. And what I want you to understand is, is we should have act, actually went into rejoice mode. Not rejoice at the negative you're in, but rejoice in the understanding that you can make a different choice today. You can make another choice today. Well, what if I'm still dealing with the last choice? It doesn't matter. A choice today can change the life tomorrow. Of course, there's consequences. If I go out and, and, and you know, rob Quick Trip and I get caught, I'm going to go, oh, man, bad choice. I won't make that choice again. Well, then I got, still got consequences, don't I? Now, now see, you might, not, you might play this off, but I want you to hear me because there's a whole lot of people in prison because they got out saying, I won't do that again and did it again. There's a lot of people that went, you know, went through this counseling, went through this marriage thing, went through this kid's thing, went to this school, went, went through the process of, oh, I won't do this again and end up doing it again. So don't look at it like, well, that's silly because it isn't silly. Because the majority of people are going to make a bad choice, repent, or it's a majority of human beings' choice, and ultimately do it again. That's the majority of human beings on planet Earth. So it's not something to look at lightly, but it is something we need to understand is, is that we are 
the ones in control. We are in the life of choice. And so just as God said, choose you this day. Well, what is today? This day. I, this is what's transformed my life. One of the major, there's a couple truths that, that impacted my life in my Jesus journey. And when I mean impact, I don't mean as, oh, I'm a Christian now, my life's being changed. No, I'm talking about as a believer, living a life where a truth impacted the life to make change as I was following Jesus. Because I can guarantee there's a whole lot of Christians that are miserable, miserable people. I can tell you right now, biblically, that is so off. But it's the truth. There's a whole lot of Christians that, that, that have lives that are just so whacked, so messed up. But it doesn't line up with this. So what's the problem? The problem is, is the truth they understand, the information they're following. So what we have to do is we have to recognize, okay, what truths do I need that will bring me closer to what this book reveals about what belongs to me or what I should be living. And so I start understanding, wait a minute, there's information in here that lines me up toward what Jesus wants for me. And that is what? A life and life more abundantly. Every decision I make that goes against his word takes me away from the abundant life every time. And people, oh man, you're going to love today because this is going to bring so much light and so much information that I believe that what I always believe, you will not leave here the same. And that is my desire. I want you to change. I want me to change. I want us to change. But we got to get this information in us, amen? Get this truth in us. So the conditions in our lives that we want to change need a change. They need a choice that is different than the choices we've been making. Our control, we're empowered over our lives. Amen? So important to understand. So we have the power of choice, and we need to make those right choices right now. So again, better tomorrow, make a better choice today. I like this comment. Uh, some of you don't know this person. Some of you do. I'll read it, and then I'll let you know who it is. It's our choices, Harry, that show what we truly are, far more than our abilities. Name is Professor Dumbledore, by the way. I saw that quote, and I thought, that is so good. Because I've watched this show a few times, and the comment that he made was so enlightening because it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's the choices that are more important than anything else. The choices. Romans 12, verse 1. I want you to hear this in the message. Romans 12, verse 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, life in general, everything that involves your life, and place it before God as an offering. 
Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. What, what this is saying is, is, as a follower of Jesus, this scripture can be manipulated more to a holiness, spiritual life, which is a concept of religion, rather than a wonderful understanding that God literally cares about your life today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, today. And by recognizing what this scripture is saying is, is he's literally saying to me, if I bring my life before God, God wants to be involved in it. And there's a reward that connects to my faith in him. It's not a religious picture of I'm going to be spiritual. I'm going to quote scripture at people. I'm going to sing praises to your name. It has zero to do with that. It has everything to do with wake up in the morning saying, God, you're number one. You're number one. And I want to be a part of that life that you have designed for me. And that's a good place to be, to realize that God is interested in your life. Religion viewpoint is, is I'm not connected to the plan of God because I'm not a missionary or I'm not doing something that is involved in helping people. So we get real religious in this concept of, of, of being almost like I have to be this, this, this religious picture of, of someone that is like Mother Teresa. And now I'm really on God's team. And that's so far from the truth. And I'm not saying it's wrong to be Mother Teresa, though it is because you can't because she's who she is. She's like the goat of mothers. I'm just saying, you know, if you're talking about Mother Teresa, if you've, if you've watched anything about her history, you'd like going, I can't touch this. Anyway, but the point is, is this. When we're looking at our lives, we have to understand that God is involved in our life. Or he's not. But his desire is to be. And when you look through the eyes of religion, you won't see life. Life is about everything. And he is wanting to be involved in everything. That's why the Bible says, cast all your care. Cast all your care upon him. For he cares for you. How much of it? All of it. Now we can be goofy and not realize what that just said, but if we want to be truthful, think about this. What are our cares? Because when you get down to the truth of, or the reality of life, cares are things that are causing Problems, issues, obstruction, pressure. And they're mostly because of us on bad decisions. Isn't that interesting? But what's God saying? Even though you went and did that dumb decision that you shouldn't have done, and now you're dealing with the consequences that wouldn't have been there if you didn't make the dumb decision, give it to me because I care for you. That... Religion doesn't want to hear. People that are super spiritual don't want to hear that because they want it to be this way. 
Because of the decision you made in the position you're in right now, because of that bad decision, God's going to make you pay. And he's going to beat the hell out of you because of it. And he's going to make sure that you feel miserable and your life is miserable and that your life is almost destroyed. But once you repent, cry out to him and ask, beg forgiveness and never, ever, ever do it again, then he'll come in and might help you out of that. And super spiritual religious people love that sound. They love it. Why? Because it's legalism and works. Now, I'm not saying that God's wanting you or desiring you to make a bad decision, stay in it. That's not at all what God wants. A bad decision is a bad decision. A bad decision that's against God's word is a bad decision against God's word. He is not in the job of life to, to want you to stay there. Period. Remember the woman caught in the midst, in the midst, doing the wild thing with some guy. The religious grab her, not the guy, whatever, I'm just saying. Grab her, it's probably one of their boys, but anyway, grab her, bring her before Jesus, throw her in front of Jesus saying, caught in the midst of adultery. You know what the word says? We get some rocks and we stone her to death. Throw her right out in front of Jesus. Jesus pauses, does a little few things on the ground, and he says, whoever's without sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. And everybody's like going. <laughs> and no one could do it. And they're pretty much in a position of like, oh man, what are we going to do about this? Jesus then looks at her and says what? You dumb girl, bad decision. You're going to have to live with this one. You knew better. No, what does he do? He goes, where's your accusers? What, what, wait, 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 wait. Did they not say, God said, this is his word, that we're to stone her? Wouldn't it be correct for Jesus to say, God accuses you? Wouldn't it be correct? But why doesn't he say that? Because it's not correct. We assume that, wouldn't that, we would assume that's the law, that's what it says. But what does Jesus say? Where's your accusers? I find that interesting. Not, they're right, that's what the Bible says. I'm without sin, I'm going to stone you right now. Wouldn't you guys agree? Wouldn't that be the right concept or the right process of reading this life, this scripture, this information that we've seen in the Old Testament to this place where Jesus is still living in the Old Testament, abiding by the rules of Old Testament? And what's he do? He goes in a different direction. But what does also Jesus do? He says, only what the Father does. What? So see, there's a false read in how we look at Scripture and we relive it, live it or relate to it through our lives. See, I'm not in the Old Testament. I'm in the New Covenant. And the New Covenant does not have the Old Testament involved in it. Remember, the Bible says... The strength of sin is in the law. 
Paul even said, I was free from this, but when the law came, I died. Or sin revived. Sin came alive. He goes, but at one point, I was free from all this. Why? Because at one point, he didn't know the do's and don'ts. And then when the do's and don'ts came to him, then all of a sudden there's accountability to them. I try to tell Christians this. I try to help people. And I've been doing this for years. You can't judge people based upon what you know. They're judged by what they know, not what you know. And a lot of people can come in here not knowing stuff that they're doing is wrong. And what happens? Nothing. Until there's a revealing of it being wrong, it's not wrong. And people have an issue with that. They're like going, how can this be? Because there's no revealing of it. I didn't know the speed limit was 50 when I was going 65. I didn't know. Now you would assume that, well, come on, everybody knows, you know. Well, if there's markings, yeah. But if there's no markings and it's a highway look, I'm not going to know. And there have been some highways I've been on that did not have markings. And you're like going, what is this, a free-for-all? Should I go? How fast should I go? So what I do is I just assume and I go to the place where, well, let's just go this speed. Now, nobody else is going that speed, but who cares? There's no marking. The point is, is you can't be that person to judge another because where you're at and where they're at are two different places. Is is a eight-year-old a human being? Are they or aren't they? Yeah, certainly. Now, can we go and judge them on a lot of things because they're eight-year-olds and they're doing a lot of screw-ups? Certainly we could. But we're judging them according to what we know, not what they know. So we know that's not right until we become Christians. Okay, moving right along, okay? Verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. This information right here is, is the most important information you can get as a follower of Jesus. This truth right here. This answers most questions that we have problems with. And that is, is being a Christian and still acting like we aren't Christians. Following Jesus and acting like we don't follow Jesus. And so that dilemma right there causes much turmoil, much stress in our lives. Most of you in here, you know what to do and you know what not to do. It's obvious. I've been in church for a long time, had Christians that are long in the church or short in the church, and it's the same old, same old. I don't care how long you've been in church. I can guarantee you this. You've been in church a long time and you're very religionized. I guarantee you're doing worse than anybody in here. But because you're so religious, you will never judge yourself correctly. And a new Christian is going to screw up, but not as much as the religious one. Because they sanitize and they're selective in everything they do because of that religion. And you might be thinking, well, how can that be? Read the Gospels. How can those with the greatest understanding of Scripture, Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees, be the worst of the worst? 
All you have to do is use common sense and read the Bible. That's it. It'll help you. And I'm trying to help you become free. So don't assume because you've been in church a long time. Listen, I don't have new people try to destroy church. I have religious people that try to destroy church. Religious people. People have been in church for years. They're the ones that try to destroy church. Not the new ones. Not the ones off the street. Not the drug addicts or the people that come up and all live for Jesus. They don't do nothing wrong except be crazy. True. Where do I get that, Pastor? Life, life journey, and the New Testament. It'll show you everything. So the key is, is let's get free, amen? Let's understand the power of decisions. And do not be conformed. Do not be conformed. That's a Greek word that literally means to fashion or shape something. So if you take a piece of clay and you start fashioning it, shaping it into something, that's this word in analogy. So when it says, do not be conformed, it's this shaping or forming, okay? Shaping or forming into another form. Do not be conformed to this world, to this world. This world literally means a time frame, the time period in which you live. It doesn't mean the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. It means right now. It says, do not be shaped or formed by this period you live in right now. This period. What's it saying? Do not be shaped by this period. What's it saying? What's it saying? What does that mean? That you can be shaped by this period. It says, do not be. But you can be. But it says, do not be. What does that mean? Decision. Decision. Right? I know Christian teens, because they have been in public school for years, they have a shaping of information according to that rather than this. Their warfare or their battle is not in uh, uh, something just that's outrageous. It's with the information that they've been shaped and formed in. Now remember, when it comes to instruction and influence, the public schools have a greater influence than you as a parent based upon time with them. You might not like to hear that, but it's the truth. Because I can guarantee you right now, you aren't spending hours and hours every day with your kids, instructing them. You're not but someone is. The only way you offset that is to make sure that you are constantly, consistently in repair mode. In other words, you're questioning, you're asking, getting information, fixing the information that has been given and getting to understand the process. If you don't do that, the information they get is the information they retain. It's the way we're created. God didn't create public school led by governments. That's not his plan. His plan is family. 
train up a child. But we have those type of schools. At one time, there was no issue with them. They taught reading, writing, arithmetic. Literally taught it. It's very interesting to see things like that where classes specifically taught that rather than agendas on liberal beliefs. That's facts. I've been to school. Have you been in school? You guys know what I'm talking about. I didn't learn about Jesus at school. I even took a Bible class and didn't learn anything about Jesus in high school. I thought it was a free class. I thought this was a... Man, this credit is a simple one. And I didn't have a clue what the guy was talking about ever, about the whole time he was talking. Didn't make sense. But I don't remember ever talking about Jesus, cross, risen again, nothing, nothing at all about that stuff. That was Bible class. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be what? Transformed by. Transformed by. And we've studied this word many times, and it's metamorpho, and we get the word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is a process of the caterpillar to the butterfly. It's that whole process that takes place. Metamorpho is, again, to be morphed, changing form, changing form. Now, I need you to understand this because this is a key to your walk. As a follower of Jesus, this is the key right here. You want to change who you are. This, this change from this is the way I used to be, this is the way I am now. You don't get it by receiving Jesus and then going to church. It didn't just happen. You will continually be who you are forever. Who you are is tied to what? How you think. Doesn't change. You're who you are by how you think. What happens is the challenges as a, as a believer is, is that there's going to be information that, that don't jive. They don't connect with your old understanding. So something has to be fixed. Either you keep the old understanding or you change into new. That is a process of the renewal process that God talks about in the new covenant. It's a process of change. So what happens is, is we, this, is the, this is the dilemma. This is the issue. We're born on this earth with nothing. Nothing, no information. Then we grow on this earth receiving information. Tied to what? How we live on this earth. Based upon our parents or whoever. Whoever's raising the kid. It can be a grandma. Whoever. Whoever's raising the kid is going to get the information. The schools, whatever. You're going to get the information and then that creates you. Completely tied to that. Now that can suck, huh? Because I believe there's a whole lot of people. Many of you, maybe in the past, that you can look at your life and say, I'm not the same person I used to be, which is a good thing. But the thing you need to understand is, is that's literally what God's trying to say because what people are doing is they're going through all this mess in life and then defining this is just who I am. It's a big lie. It's who you are based upon the information you've had, but it's not really who you are. Who you are can never be found. I'm going to say this, and this is, this is a complete truth. Who you are can never be found until it's found in here. If you, listen, if you believe in evolution, then 
dude, I don't know what your problem is, but you need to live at the zoo and just watch the monkeys. Just stare at them and watch them because that is your view of life. But you're not going to see them do it. Why? Because people that believe in evolution, first of all, it's a fantasy. It's not a reality. It's never been a proven truth. Never, ever. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a deception. Evolution can't even prove evolution. Because evolution could never or can never stop. Think about it. The monkey still should be changing. If the position of the monkey was not the correct position, but the transition into who we are today, then there shouldn't be monkeys unless they're the beginning of the monkey transitioning through the process. That means that we would see the in-between. We'd see guys, you know, working at, you know, Walmart with tails and still going, yep, still the transition. And then you can go, yep, that's evolution. Evolution's real. Evolution's real. But see, it's, it's a, it's, it's a spoon-fed deception totally to go against God as creator. That's all it was created for, to attack that we're created by God. That's it. But evolution all of a sudden stopped. Well, wouldn't it also, common sense would say, if it stopped the process at what point? Because aren't human beings constantly growing? And there's birth, there's, there's the, 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 the baby stage, the toddler stage, the child stage, the, the preteen stage, the teen. Isn't that true? In, human, in, in the life of being a human being, correct? Okay, evolution, same process. According to them, same process. There's this transition into a human being. Well, there's impossible to say, okay, all 100 monkeys are only 100 monkeys that are doing this. And we're all transitioning. Boom, we're all perfect. Well, that would be impossible. So that would mean that there had to be baby stage, toddler stage. In other words... If it was true, and the end stage is this, we would have to have a picture of all the other stages by the millions. And why aren't you? Because no one thinks this way. They want to just be spoon-fed a lie and just believe it without challenging it. Use common sense. Common sense. And then all of a sudden, evolution stops. Okay, we stopped. Well, who stopped it? Now, is evolution a person? Is it a god? How did evolution stop? Okay, we're done. That was, that's it. We're, no more, we're not doing it anymore. What? But we don't do this. We don't process. We just go through and we get spoon-fed the, the poison and we just accept it. Isn't that weird? And we don't do anything about it. You know, we still do that. And that's why I want you to understand the power of truth. Truth isn't just going to accept something. It's going to process. Give me the fruit. Give me the facts. I'm not just going to realize because you said. I mean, Scripture even reveals information about. Man, there, Proverbs says, oh, yeah, the, the one testimony is right until the counter testimony comes in. That's why I make sure when we talk with, like, married, we don't talk to one. You talk to one, you ain't getting truth. 
You'll never get truth. Oh, you might get some information, but you're not getting full truth. Why? Because until the other person's there, their side is not heard. Now, I'm not saying that the, the, the wife or the husband can't be laying down a whole lot of truth. I'm just saying you're not getting the whole truth. You're getting a skewed truth to what they've been dealing with and what they're going through. Like I said, it could be a lot of it true. But then until you hear the other side, you know, the husband comes in and goes, no, that's Cruella, man. All right, move right on. But we didn't know that. I'm going to give you 10 hindrances to choosing right. 10 hindrances to choosing right. This information is so important. So listen to what I'm saying because this will help you. The first thing to understand in this, the root cause of all your worst decisions. The root cause of all your worst decisions is your mom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, was, I just wanted to see what was going to happen on that one. Because you all know it could be the mom. You'd have to flow out to dad or someone else, but you can't blame the mom, right? The root cause of all your worst decisions is you. The root cause of all your decisions is you. In other words, you choose. Now, can other people influence that? Yeah, certainly, but you have to allow it. You understand that? You make your choice, period. You make your choice. You can have influences, but still, you're still making the choice. Everybody got that? All right. Unsuccessful people make decisions based upon their current situation. Successful people make decisions based upon where they want to be. Most people are making decisions because what's going on right now. You can't have success in that life. There's going to be issues. There's going to be throwbacks. There's going to be setbacks. There's going to be problems. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be there, All this is in life. But if you're making decisions based upon the current circumstance situation, you'll stay in a revolving door of failure. Success demands you to look past all that. And that's going to give you the ability to go past your mess. No one in here, no one in here is mess free. Everybody in here has gone through a mess. Everybody. The thing we need to understand, there's a whole lot of people that went through messes that are riding and flying high right now. Amen? Doing great. And we need to know that. Because a lot of times in the mess, we feel like no one's ever been where I've been. I'm at a place where I have no answers. I have no hope. I, I just don't know how. Believe me, there's, there's a million people that have gone through what you've gone through and have success getting out of where they're at. I'm telling you. So never look at it as it's in, impossible. Help is there for you. Amen. You just got to find it. It's there. Remember, you don't see life as it is. You see life through who you are. So through your eyes and your view, that's how you're going to look at it. Not really how it is, just through you, how you look at it. People saw 2020 differently in just how they viewed themselves, how they perceived danger, how they perceived the, the, this, this thing. Root cause of all your worst decisions is you. You choose. Number two, every bad habit has a beginning. Oh my God. Every bad habit has a beginning. 
You don't have a bad habit because you woke up and go, oh, I'm going to start smoking. Never smoked before. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic. Never took a drink before, but I'm going to drink and become one. Today. Never happened. What happened? It happens in the very beginning. There's a beginning and there's a journey into creating that habit. Good or bad, it's how it works. But it has a beginning. Understand that. It has a beginning. Everybody got that? All right. What has a beginning? A habit, right? How many habits? Every habit, right? Okay, don't automatically assume that the word habit means bad. Because that's what we do. I got a habit of coming to church. I've been doing it for so long, it's my habit. I have a habit. I don't think about it. I don't process it. I don't know, oh, Sunday, what do I do on Sundays? Uh, habit. Habit, habit. You might be thinking, well, yeah, because you're a pastor. No. I was, I was like everybody else for years. But I made it a habit to go to church. Except when I went to church, it was Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, fellowship, Monday night, Tuesday night, Bible classes. I went all the time. All the time. They had something to do. Saturdays, Christian softball, Christian basketball, Christian. I'd do whatever. Anything that tied to a fish sign, I would do. And I just did this. I lived this life, and I went to church all the time, all the time. I never thought about it as, you go to church all the time. You know why? Because never, ever, ever did I go through Man, you've been to the club more than once this week. Why are you going to the club again? You're clubbing all the time. Never did that. Never did that once. As a matter of fact, I look for more clubs to go to. Three, four, five times a week. Guess what? I can name a lot of bad things, a lot of negative things in life that I never went, huh, I'm doing this more than once this week. I shouldn't be doing this. Never. So I went to church and started doing it. Never did I go, well, you shouldn't go to Sunday night because you went to Sunday morning. You know who did that? The religious. They're the ones. They're the ones that were miserable in church. They're the ones that go, I'm the church again. They were, not me. I'm in it for the win. I'm like going, I know it. Listen, I don't play this game with the expectation of I don't need to practice. I understand, I gotta practice. If I don't practice, I don't play. So when I became a Christian, I thought, I wanna win as a Christian. Now, I get, listen, I did a lot of dumb stuff as a newbie Christian. A lot of dumb stuff. I did a lot of stuff that I just went through the process of, I guess you're supposed to do this, you know? I mean, thank God they didn't have Christian grocery stores. Can then I would never go to a grocery store unless it was Christian. I would die of not eating. It's not a Christian grocery store. I can't go to it. But since there wasn't that process, I'm good. But I mean, you know, Christian music, Christian bookstore, Christian TV, Christian movies, Christian this, Christian that. And it's all lined up with that. And most Christian stuff really suck. But anyway, acting and all that other stuff. So, you know, I'm going to miss out on, you know, a mega movie to watch a Christian movie where they're, you know, I'd rather go to Japanese Kung Fu one where they're going, I don't All right, anyway. Remember Jesus being tempted? 
in the beginning, led to the wilderness, tempted by the enemy. Isn't that interesting? Led in the wilderness, tempted by the enemy. And what did the enemy do? Did exactly what the enemy does. God didn't tempt him. Holy Spirit didn't tempt him. Who tempted him? The devil tempted him. He's the tempter. And what do we see? We see Jesus going first time to be tempted. First time. And what do we assume? Well, there's just the first time. And what did the devil do? If you just bow down to me once. It's what the Greek says. One time. Just one time. I'm not asking you to do more. One time. I will give you all the kingdoms of this earth. It's what the devil has power over. I'll give you every kingdom on this earth. And, he's, and it said it showed him in a glimpse all the kingdoms of this earth. I'll give them to you all. All you need to do is bow down to me one time. That's how the devil works. One time. One time can't hurt. You ever heard that? Come on, people. Just once. Just once. Come on. You guys listen to me? Just once. Give me a kiss. Just once. Just once. Touch me. Just once. Just once. Just once. Used to be on the light, then it goes in the dark. Dark parking lot, dark this, dark that. Just once, just once, just once, just once. How many times have you heard that? And it really mean just once. Enemy. Something to pay attention to because there's no such thing as just once. Amen? Nope, nope, nope. That's why I try to be very clear on my life. When I talk about my life or my kids hear about it, they like freak out a little bit. Like, are you kidding me? Their concept more is, why? In other words, it's almost like, that's gross. Why would you even want to do that? And I think that's awesome. So they understand that there is this action in the world that has really bad consequences if you don't know Jesus, but also can be if you know Jesus. If you can know Jesus, that doesn't eliminate the whole scientific fact of biology. I know Jesus, I can never get pregnant. Yeah, right. Because I know Jesus. Now, it's about what choice are you making, with or without Jesus? What choice are you making? Now, people without Jesus, they make choices what the world chooses. But pastor, then I'm making it exactly. That's why Romans 12, 2 is in there. And I'm trying to help you because what's happening is, is when you're living life out there, you're going to be challenged in your weak areas. Your strength areas aren't challenges, are they? Are they? No. So when it, something comes against you, let's say you don't drink, and you already know, you know I, I don't drink because, you know, my parents were alcoholics, and they're divorced, and one's in prison, and so I don't drink because that's a stupid thing to do. 
So you do that. You live that life. Someone comes up to you, hey, hey, just once, have a drink. You're like, oh, whatever. It, don't, it ain't happening. Why? Because that's your strength. But there's weak areas in your life that you know the same thing are hurtful, harmful, and destructive. And when just once comes, you go, okay, well, what's the difference? It's all tied to, again, you. How do you perceive the information? Because once a fact, alcohol, in what I've seen in my life, kills, destroys. So what I see? No. And in this area, I see this kills and destroys. But because my information is not as strong in my feeling. Because now, let's say, for instance, all right, let's go, I'm talking about getting pregnant, okay? So you got this part, you're going, no, I'm not gonna drink, you're crazy, I, I don't do that, it ain't gonna happen. Strong, powerful, you ain't gonna do it. This side, come on, just once. Just once. We'll, we'll be careful, just once. Why, when you already know the destruction and all the negative things that'll happen, that you go through that? See, you already know the negative here and the negative here, but what, what happens? That's the key. See, you have to understand this whole thing. This is all about life. It's how the perception is of your life in your training. Because this equates to another human being. That's usually opposite sex, but who knows this day? So this pool now is not tied to facts through understanding the emotion is tied to it of what you, what? Desire. You don't desire the effect of having a child at 15 years old or whatever. But the, before that is what's pushing you. And I can tell you right now, it's not the feeling physically. It's the feeling Emotionally, first and foremost, always, not sometimes, all the time. So there's a lack of the necessary need of father's love, father's care, whatever. And that empowerment of that love will stop the direction of where you know the end result is not good. Statistically, not good. Not good at all. But no one wants to really look at the statistics. They want to look at fake life. Because that's what people do now, fake life. Everything's fake. It's not real. It's all on pictures and videos. and It's all fake. It's not real life. So we get conned in this fake life and assume, won't happen to me. And you end up a statistic. And that's what you will be, a statistic. And then your life now is relying on, okay, I, I failed in this area or I've got the negative consequence. Now I have to live that life according to that. Yeah. Now, what happens then? Well, again, your choice. What are you going to do? Because we've all made mistakes. We've all had issues. We've all had things, consequences that we're not pleased or happy about. Some, some people go through life, have a divorce, whatever. It wasn't, they didn't go out thinking, let's get married and get divorced later or whatever. It's the process of things that can happen. 
Something's out of your control. But your life is never out of your control. That's the key. Never. Someone make a decision. Someone can do what they do and say what they say and act the way they act. But ultimately, your life's tied to you. I'm not trying to simplify that as this is easy. It's not easy. It's difficult. But that's what life's about. Until you understand that, you're going to go through the pains and hurts until you start fighting for the right to realize that you are valuable and you are worth something. Because what happens is you do one negative, one bad choice. All of a sudden, you've dirtied your conscience. You've dirtied yourself. I'm talking about you knew not to do it, but you did it anyway. And what you do from that point on is now tied to value. And what people do is they continue to repeat the negative because they devalue yourself. Until you start valuing yourself, you're going to continue to repeat the things that you don't want to do or where you want to end up. But it all starts at the beginning. My desire, my passion, my hunger, what my life is about is to get you to connect before you go down those paths. I want to help you. No matter where you're at, what life you've gone through, what pain, it doesn't matter. You're living right now today. And from this point is where we make the start. Yeah, but don't go yeah, but because that's what replicates your past. Make the right decision now. But I have a kid. I have this. I have that. I took, okay. What's the right decision now? I can tell you this is, gosh, we've dealt with this so many times. This is what the right decision now is. It's all about someone else. It's a child. It's all about them. And I'll straightforward slap that information down in a second because that will not help any child until you are healed, until you are whole. You can't help anyone until you're helped first. So if you come to me with this, well, you know, okay, I need to get my right life because my kids, and I need my kids, and this, my kids, and I need this, and I need this, and I need to do this, I'm going to go, no, you ain't getting none of that. That's all fantasy. It's all fantasy. Ain't going to happen. People shock. Ah! You, right here. Fix, heal, restore this. Then you can fix that. And until that happens... All you're doing is what most Christians, I didn't even talk about the world, what most Christians do. Hope so, believe so, pray for, fast for, scream for, cry for, and nothing changes. And everything about it, I've seen God's word is, is about change. So someone's doing something wrong. Is it God or us? There you go. So we've got to fix this stuff, don't we? Every bad habit has a beginning. Number three, decisions affect more than just you. Oh my gosh. Picture this, a hand grenade. Pull the key out of the hand grenade, drop the hand grenade. It's going to hurt more than just you. Bad decisions can hurt others as well. Amen? Amen? Romans 14, 7, For none of us lives to themselves alone, and none of us dies to ourselves alone. Bad decisions affect people. Living or death. You guys know this, right? It, does the death in your family affect people? Can it affect others more than others? Exactly. 
Can living, making bad decisions affect others? Certainly. Are you guys getting this? All right. Number four, success demands to find people who tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Success demands people to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. People, uh, I, I just, I'll be jumping all over the place into other, other truths, but the thing is, that's what people do. We want people to agree with us. Even though we're in a destructive path, we want someone to say, it's okay, I'm with you. And I can tell you right now, they're on the same path as you are. You both are going down a road where the bridge is out and you're both paying attention to each other. But you're still going around the road, the bridge is out. And the signs say bridge is out, but you both are just talking about, it's okay, it's okay. And that's human nature. Find someone that's in a position you are and get counsel from them. You got a problem with church, go find someone that's already had a million problems at church, talk to them, get their truths. That's what human nature is. There's no wisdom in that, but that's what human nature does. Are y'all with me? All right, uh, look at me like you're all innocent. Don't, don't look at me like you're all guilty, okay? I'm not talking about anybody in this church. This is for YouTube, the people out there that are gonna listen to later. We're okay, right? Smile. You guys are dragging me down. Some of you are like, oh. nothing in here is to hurt you. Everything in here is to help you. A revealing a truth is never to hurt, it's to help. Correction is never to hurt, it's to help. Correction says, this path, you're going to jump, you're going to fall off this platform. Correction, now you're not. Whoop, you're going to fall off. Correction, now you're not. That's what correction does. It's just we don't like it because of identification. It hurts how we see ourselves. You need to understand if you hear something that's against what you thought was right, don't make it, make you, don't feel bad about it. Learn. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but they'll think I didn't know. We already knew you didn't know. Anyway. Five, worst decisions usually preceded by unwise voices. Most bad decisions are preceded by unwise voices. You're listening to people you shouldn't be listening to. Again, we want to hear what we want to hear. I want to hear wisdom. I don't want to base decisions just because I think it's a good decision. I want to have wisdom. I, I am a stickler on research when it comes to anything I want. It can be small things. It doesn't matter. I'm going to research the heck out of it. That's the way I am. I find most of the times I end up not pulling the trigger and buying something because I get to a place I'm uncomfortable, even though I want it so bad. But I'll research it to where I'm like going, nah, ain't happening. Most people don't want that because we want what we want. We don't want to see future. We don't want to see effects of anything other than we want what we want right now. And I'm telling you right now, my counsel is, is you, you need to chill on that type of action. You need to add your future and the view of your future with anything you do, especially big ticket items. Totally, 100% big ticket items. So the worst decisions preceded by unwise voice. Remember Rehoboam, what we talked about last week? He 
didn't listen to wise decisions. He listened to his bros, his group that he grew up with. You want to make a bad decision? Listen to those people. What did you hang out with? You're going to make a bad decision. All right, moving right along. Seek counsel, number six. Seek counsel you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Seek counsel you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Let me give you three not-so-good truths on counsel. Three not-so-good truths on counsel. Number one, most run from help rather than to help. People fear correction. It's the craziest thing. Instead of running to help, we run from help. It just doesn't make sense, but that's the nature. What did Adam do? What did Eve do? What were the first things they did? That's the, the, the picture or the root of what happens when sin, what happens when negative enters life. Light comes on the scene, God, and what do we do? Run. What should have they did? They, what should have they done? They should have ran to him, not from him. They shouldn't have hid from him. They should have opened themselves up to him. It would have been a different, whole different uh, scenario, but that's not how it happened. It happens what we do. So we run from help rather to help. I mean, John chapter three, verse 19 to 21 says this. Darkness is in the life of people and those that do things dark in darkness and deeds in darkness, they run to darkness. They run to darkness. When light comes, they run away from light. When people are doing the wrong thing. They know it's wrong. They run from light. They don't want light. You guys listen to me. Please hear my words. I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen so many people and I'm talking about quote leaders and even people with title names in front of them. Sit down with them or not be able to sit down with them because they don't want light. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear what the Bible says. And most people that don't get counsel already know what I'm going to say. So they don't want to hear it. Any single people in here right now? Single. You came up to me and said, Pastor, I'd like to date this boy or this girl, but they're not Christian. What do you think? I'm going to go, go for it, dude. No. I'm going to say, well, I can tell you what the Bible says for your best life. And that's what I would do. The Bible says that you're not to be unequally yoked. That means connected with someone that's not a believer. That's in relationship. I don't dating or not. That's buddy, buddy, whatever. If you're yoked with someone, connected with someone that's not a believer, you're going to be negatively affected. You don't positive effect, you're negatively affected. So if you come to me, that's what I'm going to say. Guess what? That's as far as the conversation is going to go. You're now going to have to make a choice. And guess what? Most people become a statistic for my messages. Not a good one, a negative one. Why? Because they really don't want to hear that answer. They want to hear what they want to hear. How come? Because that's the nature of the flesh. It's not looking at tomorrow. It's only looking at now. And I'm not looking at crash and burn in the future. I'm looking at now. And I believe now everything's going to be perfect. Everything's going to work out. I can show you your life just through your family. And you're probably repeating 
all kinds of stuff. You don't want to see it. Man, I had to do this journey. My whole, my, 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 my whole life of walking with Jesus had, to, had this whole process of, that's how my dad, that's how my mom. And the only way I get delivered is realize that's my training. I'm being them. And there are some good points where I can say, I'm being like my mom, which usually that's an awesome statement about my mom. There weren't always positives with my mom through life, but she had a general direction in life that was good and good for other people. So I learned a lot of good principles from her. On my dad, he was a worker. I learned principles from him. I'm a worker. I get things done, period. I work. Not afraid of it, not scared of it. Don't shy away from it. I work. And when I work, I work. I don't fake work. I don't drag my feet work. I work. Why? Because that's how my dad was. But there's not a whole lot of good that came from his area of influence in my life. So what happened? I had to recognize where it's coming from. Romans 12, 2, change information, which doesn't happen overnight. So the process is there. We all have to go through the process. If you don't, you repeat the past lives. Is that what we want? Everything we look at our families and go, I don't want that, I don't want that. Well, guess what? You're going to repeat it. You're going to repeat it if you don't change choices. And that's what I want you to do, right? The second thing on the three not-so-good truths of counsel, there's more bad counsel than good. That's a fact. You're going to always find someone to agree with you. I tell Pastor Lyle this. I tell other people this all the time. If you Google long enough, you'll find the answer you want. I don't care what it is. You can look at anything in faith, Christianity, church, preachers. It doesn't matter. You Google, Google long enough for tongue, anti-tongue, for praise, for guitars, for drums, not for guns, only for uh, organs, not for this, not for that, for God kills, God doesn't kill. Google long enough, you'll find someone ultimately get to the place where you believe and you go, see, look, Google says it. Yeah, when you got to the 89th page, one person said it. And now you're going, Google said it. Google's king. Well, you can't. That's, that's, a, that's a fake life. And that's not what we want. Amen? Third thing is manipulate counsel. We manipulate counsel on being selective on what we tell. You know how many times I've been sitting down with someone, talking with someone, and they manipulate the conversation to get my reaction toward the selective information. You ain't going to get help that way. First and foremost, that's dishonorable. You tell truth. Why? Because I'm only here to help. Never hurt you. But you know why people do that? Because they're afraid of what they think this view will then see in them. What you just did, you prejudged me falsely. It's what you're used to from other people. So you assumed 
because everybody else is like that, then I'm that way. Problem is, I have a proven track record. Proven track record. I'm not talking about months or a few years. I'm talking about years and years of a track record of not being that person. But it's in the heart. It's in the nature of the flesh to try to rob your success. So if you can make everybody untrustworthy, you never can get help. But I can tell you right now, there are people in here that are trustworthy that can help you. And you know that. And hopefully you go to them and say, I screwed up, I need help. And I promise you, if they're the people that, well, the ones I know, they're going to help you. They're going to do what they can to get you on track. Why? Because they love you. And they're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. And guess what? That's the beginning, the start of great things for you. Why? Because the day you do that is the choice you made to change things. They're not going to judge you. Hopefully they don't. If they do, tell me. I'll judge them. <laughs> and I won't be ashamed of it either. You bring that information to Papa. Papa will take care of his family. All right? I'm serious. I, I just don't. Listen, first and foremost, we don't have a lot of leaders. We have a lot of people that are ministering, but there's only a few leaders in this church. But if you're going to people and assuming they're leaders, whatever, and you talk to them and all of a sudden, bam, they're not being trustworthy, they're revealing or gossiping or anything, then it's on you completely if you don't come talk to me and say, hey, this leader I shared with, they revealed. And I'd say, well, first, they're not a leader, but anyway, that was not good of them to do that. And then I'd go talk to that person how simple it would be. Just go talk to them and find out what happened. And then if they revealed that, yeah, then I'd say, don't ever do that again. And that would be a nice, loving, stern warning. In other words, if you have a habit or an inability to be honorable, then don't listen to people. I'm not the person to talk to. I'll gossip. <laughs> you know, that ain't going to happen. But anyway, it'd be a good thing. At least come out and be real. Proverbs 18.70, the first speaks in the court sounds right until the cross-examine begins. Two sides of every story. Amen? All right. Number seven, don't seek counsel because we don't want to hear what we already know. That's what people do all the time. All the time. I've had people in leadership years, years ago that said, I'm not going to go talk to pastor. And people would ask, why? Because he's going he's to give me the words. He's going to show me what the Bible says. I said, that's what they said? And they go, yeah, well, go tell them. I'll, I'll, I'll get an encyclopedia and show them something. Get them in the office, then we'll talk about the Bible. Isn't that crazy? People don't want to get help because I'm going to share the word at them. It's, again, the concept of, of human nature. When you fall, you want people to beat you down. And your assumption is everybody's going to beat you down. I'm not going to beat you down. I'm going to build you up and give you spankies all the way while I build you up. All right? 
And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spank you, but build you up the whole time. But make sure you understand that the consequences. You've got to understand this, all right? Number eight, without counsel, you will always do and be what you've always done. You do things on yourself, keep doing things on yourself, you don't change. Listen, counsel is the ability to get information higher and above you through, everybody hear this, through proven life of fruit. Not because someone's older or they've been in church longer. That has nothing, that, that has zero to do with fruit. You have to get information from people that are proven. When, when I wanted to get information about, um, I'm, I like to bow. I like to shoot a bow. And I like to hunt archery, but I love shooting a bow. And so for me to become what I want to be, and that is good at what I'm doing, I had to research and find the person that could help me be better than what I was. I wasn't going to do it on my own. I couldn't. You can't do it. It's impossible. You need someone that's been there, done that, but also someone that's proven to be great at what they do. That's how I look at it. And so what I did is I researched and I found the guy that was a bow hunter, shot archery, but also was on the U.S. Olympic team, got a silver medal. So this guy's, as far as I'm concerned, top at his game. Literally hundreds of thousands of other people believe that. But anyway, I found him and researched him, and then he has all this information how to become a better bow hunter. And it's awesome. So I learn other information besides what I already had, and I become really good at shooting my bow. Real good. Not great, but real good. And I continue to learn from him. Continue. And I relearn and follow the principles of what this guy has walked and lived based on his fruit. That's what we all should be doing. Finding that person that has that life, that fruit, proven fruit, and then listen. What Jesus said, he, these are those that love me. They hear my word and they do it. Well, counsel is the same way. You got to hear and then do it. Not just hear it and, all right, whatever. That's your decision, your choice, how you think. It's not how you get successful. What I've seen over the years is people that have lives like this. And it's so, it's so hurtful because they continue to do what they do. So they have the ups and downs, ups and downs, make bad decisions, get out of that bad decision and make the same bad decision. And usually a lot has to do with money. It's amazing what money has to do with people and their lives being messed up. But money has a major thing in people's lives. So they make a lot of bad decisions in the area of finances. And they multiply it. I've seen people lose their homes, get out of that, get position, and they're already in bankruptcy mode again. And you're like going, you don't listen. You hear, but you don't listen. And one of the Jesus requirements of love is, is you hear and you do. Not simple. It's not an easy thing, but it's the right thing. So we hear and do. God said this, so I need to follow this principle. Why? Because my life will be better. My life will be better. The 10th thing is, is this. Private decisions will still have public consequences. 
Private decisions have public consequences. In other words, everything you decide in life is, is revealed. It's going to come out. So it can be in the information you're getting. It can be the who you're listening to, whatever. All those decisions ultimately come out to who you are. Remember, Jesus said, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's coming in, coming in, coming in, you can, you can be doing this on your own, but ultimately it's going to blah, come out. We want good stuff coming out, amen? Well, let's journey on this pathway of realizing that life is filled with decisions. Let's start making the right ones, or at least get help to make some right ones. And let's understand we're not in this alone. You had crash and burn moments. I've had crash and burn moments. We've all had them, right? Some of you are living consequences. I've lived consequences. Some of you are living consequences. Well, then today's the day. Start making the, the necessary adjustments to fix your life. Because that's what God's about. He loves you. He cares about you. And he has a desire for your destiny to be what the Lord Jesus said. And that is this. I want you to have life and life more abundantly. Let's allow it to happen. Amen. Let's believe this God that so dearly loves us. And when Jesus took that woman after she did what she did and said, where are your accusers? And she looked around and said, they're not here. And he said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. What did you say? Go and don't make this wrong decision again. That's all he meant. Amartya, miss the mark. Don't miss the mark on this again. That's all he was saying. He wasn't saying, don't you ever sin again. I don't want you ever to sin again. That is misquote, misinterpretation, flat out wrong. Because that would be wrong scripturally and understanding the nature of sin. She had the nature of sin. It's impossible for her not to sin again. The comment was tied to her understanding that the decision needs to be changed for you not to be in the same position you were before. Let's change our decisions. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word of God. You are awesome. And we love the word because we want all this word to come alive within us. Everything about your truth is to fashion or form us, form us to more like you. That's, that's who we are. We're your family. We're your children. And the children be, should be like the father. We are to become more like you, and that is to allow that word to come alive in us. And by doing this, we not only help ourselves, but we help other people around us. We don't want to be a statistic. We want to be in front of that statistics, helping people not become one. So, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. And we thank you for the ability to make wise decisions with your help in our lives. We will. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.